My name's Bridget, and welcome to my podcast, Wake Up and Thrive. I wear a lot of hats, but the ones I'm most proud of are being a sober mom to my four kids, a wife to my best friend, a forever student of life, a registered nurse, and a certified life coach. You can usually find me planning and enjoying quality moments with those I love, or coaching women on how to do the same. All of our lives are made up of tiny moments, both beautiful and messy. I know we all want more feel-good moments, but I believe it's the ones that challenge us that become the catalyst for our growth. That's what we do in this space. We explore everyday moments that we deem hard, and instead of allowing them to keep us stuck, we lean into their lessons and let them wake us up. So if you're ready and willing, I'd love to invite you to come along. All you need is an open mind. It's time. It's time to wake up and thrive. Hey, hey, everybody, what's up? So glad that you're spending your Monday morning with me, or if you're listening to this later in the week. I am so honored that you come back to the space um, weekly to listen to my heart, listen to my message. And as always, remember that I can't get this message out um, unless you guys help me. So if you're listening to an episode that is really resonating with you, send it to a friend, send it to your mom, send it to your your sister, right? We all have people in our life that need support, that need encouragement around a lot of these topics that I'm really diving into. So please help me out and subscribe. If you're not subscribed already, rate it, leave a review and share it. So today's episode is going to be a little different. Instead of me kind of diving into a coaching topic, I'm actually going to pivot and talk to you about the actual profession of coaching. Like what is coaching? How do you know if coaching would be a good fit for you? And um, just all the things. So for those of you guys that don't know, I became a coach in 2019. I went to a, I got a dual certification for health and life coaching. So as I got into coaching, I'm really glad I did it. Uh, but I, I now see that there was a a huge part that I didn't learn. And a lot of what I learned was as be, just by being a client, just by hiring my own coach and continuing to, to um, go on my own self-growth journey. So where I'm at right now is I'm getting what is known as my master's in coaching. And what that really means is when you get your master's really in anything, you're getting a lot of hours. You're getting a lot of practice. Um, it's not just book knowledge. It's a lot of like um, embodiment and experimental learning and all of that. And that's what I'm getting in this program. I am learning so many tools that I'm going to really, it's really going to allow me to take my clients deeper. I am going to be learning about energy, feminine and masculine energy, attachment wounds, emotional regulation, how to release trauma from the body, how to um, talk to your inner child, how to actually set a goal and go after it, how to change habits. Um, I'm going to do a deep dive into the human brain and human behavior and really learn techniques to access our subconscious mind. Okay. So it's, it's, I'm really excited. There's a lot to learn, but with that has come a lot of coaching hours that I need. So this month specifically, I have been coaching my little booty off and it has been amazing, 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 amazing. I always get off a coaching call and I'm just on like cloud nine because for me, it's not really anything that I'm doing in the call, but to be able to watch people experience a breakthrough and realize that this whole time they've had the answers with them. They just needed help to access them. It's a really, really powerful scene to watch. I can't even explain it unless you you are there to witness it. 
but the whole way like my clients will carry themselves from the beginning of the call to the to after the call like their whole body the whole, the way their posture their tone um the way they smile like everything changes and shifts and then they get to bring that into their life and it's just a really really amazing experience to watch i do just want to kind of give a background of how i got into coaching and and you know what i really believe about the profession and the truth is it is a really booming profession but it's also a really saturated market everyone to everyone and anyone is calling themselves a coach you've got fitness coaches nutrition coaches relationship career business spiritual freedom coaches sexuality coaches like you've got parenting coaches you've got it all and while I think it's an amazing um, field because I love that people can take their personal lived experience and really have a powerful impact on people and do it for a living, I think coaching is making such a huge difference in this world to really wake people up. So while I think it's amazing, I do also believe that the actual art of coaching, and I do believe there's an art of coaching it can get lost. It can get lost because there is no regulating body and anybody can call themselves a coach without getting formal education or ever even working with a coach. And I know for me, at first, I really struggled to tell people I was a coach because I had these beliefs that people thought coaching was a joke because honestly, I think I secretly thought coaching was a joke. And it's interesting because when I look back at the beginning of my career as a coach, you know, I was certified. So on paper, I was in the profession of coaching, but I don't think I truly understood what coaching was until I experienced it on the other side. So it really wasn't until three months, three, four months after I graduated that I actually hired my first one-on-one coach. And, you know, that was really the turning point for me in my business because I was able to I was able to to encourage more people to invest in themselves because I had done the same thing and I had seen it work in my life. So I always describe coaching like this. If you were to pause right now and take your forefinger and go ahead and put it on your nose. All right, now try your hardest to see your fingernail if you can. I'm doing it with you guys. It looks really funny. But you can't do it, right? You can't see your finger. No matter no matter how you move your head or your eyes, you can't see it because you're too close. You would actually have to pull back to actually see your fingernail. And this represents coaching because sometimes we are really just too close to the problem. So so a lot of people just think if they read the books and they, you know, listen to the podcast, like they're going to be able to make changes. But so often we're not even aware what the problem is, what the real true problem is. And you can't change something you don't see. So I always describe coaches as, as, um, amazing individuals that 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 can help you pull back and clearly see what's going on. Good coaches help you see your blind spots and they help increase your knowing so that you can actually make the changes that you want. And this is why I refer to coaching as an art because there is an art to helping somebody increase their knowing and it involves asking really really powerful questions in a way that can calm the other person's ego right? The protective part, the part that normally would go on the defense and blame and look outward and asking powerful questions to allow the person to feel comfortable enough and safe enough to really look inside for the answers. But coaching is not regulated, which means, like I said, anybody can wake up and call themselves a coach. And formal training, it's not needed to enter the profession. And 
I want to pause and just say, well, I don't think training is necessary to get started. I absolutely think there is an art to coaching. You you can't just get on a call with someone and share your story and ask and like give them advice. Like that's not coaching. And so I believe formal training of some sort or working with a mentor or hiring your own coach and being in the client seat and really understanding what happens in a coaching um, relationship and a coaching space is going to be really, really powerful and necessary for you to show up as a good coach. So I have done both. And like I said, I will probably have a coach for the rest of my life because it's just that helpful to me. But I highly recommend if you're listening to this and coaching is something you want to go into, um, I can't stress it enough. Now, there is a positive part to it not being regulated. So I do want to highlight that. The positive part is that is the experience that the client gets. Because I've done therapy and I have nothing against therapy. In fact, when my clients come and are already working with a therapist, I absolutely encourage them to still work with their therapist. It's a really good um, coaching partners and pairs really well with therapy. But therapy can be kind of formal, right? It can feel like I've been in rooms sometimes where I'll talk for hours and the therapist won't say like a thing. And there's sometimes where that's helpful. And then other times I'm like, I just feel so weird. Like, are you, I don't even know who you are as a person or like, you know, there's none of that relationship, which I understand why, but in the coaching relationship, there's no rules, which means that the experience the client gets, it's so much more informal yet healing and really, 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 really powerful. So for example, as a coach, only when it's appropriate, I get to share my experience. Whereas I know a lot of therapists don't really talk about their personal life. And again, I understand why, but I want you to imagine coming to a situation where you're talking about, you know, maybe maybe I have a mom coming to me and talking about yelling at their kids or um, having like mom rage towards their husband or their kids and the shame, the amount of shame that they feel, right? And so to be in a relationship with a coach that has been there, that has been there and can safely and can genuinely say you are not alone and you are not a bad person, this is what's really going on. It can make the world of a difference to not just, it's not about sympathy. It's really like being able to empathize with the person sitting in front of you. And it's so much easier to do that when you've been through it. And so a lot of coaching relationships, the coach has really been through what the client is struggling with. And that that can actually be a really powerful experience um, from the client's perspective. The other reason I love that it's unregulated is I can give clients access to me in between calls. So I know in therapy, you have a call once a week, maybe twice a week, and then you're kind of left on your own. And so with coaching, I really think it's helpful sometimes in those um, in those real-time moments to be able to have access to a coach of like, this is what's going on. I forget what tool to use. Can you help me reframe it? Or like, I'm really freaking out that kind of thing. So my my clients always have access to me in between calls. So it's like having a coach in your back pocket. Okay, so now let's talk about like what exactly coaching is. What does a coach do? And I think it can be broken down into two different um two different skills. So the skills are coaches are really good at holding space and holding vision. Okay? So um let's define holding space. So holding space, and what I mean by that is holding space for your present state. So I create a space where maybe for the first time, you feel comfortable to actually take off the mask. I work with a lot of clients who 
say things they've never said before, show up in ways they've never showed up before, but really in their authentic self. Um, Because you can't read a book on how to hold space. I have to, in my nervous system, be able to stay neutral and show no judgment towards the other person. And that takes a lot, a lot of practice, a lot of practice. It's not something I say, it's the way that I am. And that that in and of itself can be the most healing thing in a coaching relationship. So the first coach, actually it was the second coach I had hired, but the fir- it was the first coach and I'm going to have her on the podcast in a few weeks. Um, but she really provided this healing space for me. She held such amazing, beautiful, neutral, safe space that literally there were some calls where she barely said anything. And it was the most unbelievable call I've ever had because there were things that I would say to her that I hadn't said to a soul and they weren't like bad. I'm not like, they weren't like terrible things, but to me in my head, I had had so much shame around them. And so I'm really reminded of this quote, healing is possible when your unhealed parts become witnessed. Let me say that again. True healing is possible when your unhealed parts become witnessed. So, and to me, this is what my coach did for me. And this is what holding space means. The person is not just physically there, but they are emotionally present and they are witnessing all of you, all of you and without judgment and with so much compassion. So some of you guys listening, I'm sure are just like, um, I'd rather keep those unhealed and messy parts just, you know, hidden away. Um, my life is better that way. But the truth is, is it's, it's driving actions in your life now. Like it already is a part of who you think you are and it's, it's driving your relationships. It's probably driving so much more than you actually understand. Um, and so the way I always like to describe coaching too, is like, remember when you're little and you think there's a monster under the bed and the only way that the, mon- it doesn't matter what people tell you. It doesn't matter that I tell you there's no monster or that you shouldn't be afraid it's not until you actually get under the bed, shine the light under there and see, oh, like there's nothing really under there. And to me, that's what coaching feels like as a client. It feels, and it feels like doing that, like looking under the bed, looking at those scary, dark things in your life, but you don't have to do it alone. And so when a coach comes beside you and helps teach you how to shine a light on the areas that you've held captive, right? The areas that you've been so afraid to look at because of shame, because of guilt, judgment, like whatever it is, once you shine the light on it, it loses its power. Um, And again, what coaches do when they're holding space is they'll see your mess. They'll see your shadowy parts. They'll see and acknowledge your wounds. But at least for me, I won't meet you there. And this is what makes a coaching relationship different than just having a friend or a family member to vent to, um, while holding space and witnessing your unhealed and messy parts, I think the biggest difference is that we won't stay there, right? Like I will hold space for it. I will validate your experience of it, but I won't meet you in the story because that's not helpful. And this leads me to the next aspect in coaching, um, that I think maybe more of you guys are more familiar with, but it's, it's holding a vision for your future self, for where you want to go, who you want to be. Um, and I want to first just pause before I get into that and just say that generally speaking, coaches don't spend a lot of time in the past. We are very future focused. 
However, I want to just pause and say that there are coaches, if they have the right training, and I am one of them because I am going to become a trauma-informed coach. I am going to understand how to take clients safely into their past. Um, We're not going to stay there though. That's the biggest difference. But what I have found in my own self-growth journey, and then as well as my clients, we will keep we keep coming up against this like wall, this brick wall where they're like they want to just move past it and they want to go forward, but they can't. And to me, that's always an indication that we have to just go back. We've got to go back and understand why you are seeing the world the way that you're seeing it. Um, because sometimes that's all it takes to really unlock and like regain the strength to really push push through that wall. So yes, coaching is not about going in the back in the past, staying in the past, um, rehashing the past. It's definitely not like that at all. But there are instances where it is important to just visit the past. Talk about the second aspect of coaching, holding a vision for your future self. Holding a vision also means that on the days you don't want to show up, I, I call my clients forward. Like I call them on their BS um, in a very loving way. And I will I will tell them what I'm noticing and observing. And I will hold a mirror up to what I'm seeing. And I will also remind them why they want to change, why they want to grow, where they want to go. Because I think when you're in the weeds and you're, you know, feeling feeling the funk and kind of in a rut, it's hard to remember what is the purpose of all this. Like, wh- why do I even? What? What? Why am I even getting up and doing this work? Because this work is hard. So I get to hold that vision for you, and I get to encourage you to keep taking steps to move the needle forward. So coaching coaching is very action based. Um, we will end each session. Most coaches do this with, with an action step. I call them empowering action steps. And it's not like homework. It doesn't feel like an added thing on your plate. It really comes up organically in the call. And it's just something to move that needle forward a little bit. Um, so as your coach, I am your biggest cheerleader and I am so invested in your growth and your vision, right? I don't know where you want to go. So I don't take clients where I think they should go. I am just the holder and the protector of the vision, especially on the days that you forget it. So holding a vision also means that I hold you guys accountable. And I think this is what most people think of when they think of coaching. And this is, this is a huge part of coaching. Um, But a lot of times I can't even get to the action part until we really dive into the beliefs and the emotions that are driving the action. So just just know that, that, that we don't just jump into doing. We spend a lot of time uncovering um, why you haven't been doing in the past, right? But then when you're ready, when people are ready to take action, my job is to hold them accountable. And one thing to know, and I'll probably have to do another podcast on this, but when you're making any change, whether it's a physical change or maybe it's like in a relationship, maybe you're showing up differently, your brain actually senses that change as danger. And so naturally it will try to pull you back to your old ways. It will try to self-sabotage yourself. That is a normal part of the process. And I think when so many people are trying to make changes without a coach, um, they they get stuck on the self-sabotage part. They experience self-sabotage and then they just give up and they say, I'm never going to be able to make this change instead of seeing it for what it is. It's part of the process. And so a coach is, is so powerful and helpful to remind you who you are and remind you why you're doing the things that you're doing. 
Because I know in my life, I was guilty of this. I would be all gung-ho and, and start learning and making shifts and changes. And, and then inevitably, self-sabotage would show up and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to like move through that. Um, and to be honest, you can do it alone, but to do it with a coach who loves you and is encouraging you and really wants and is invested in your growth, it's just a really powerful way to go about change. So holding space and holding a vision, I think, um, really encompass what coaches do. And for me personally, um, I coach a lot of moms that come to me um, and they're struggling to really feel connected. They, they struggle to feel connected to their kids, their spouse, or themselves. Like they lack purpose. They lack motivation. They feel overwhelmed. They're constantly reacting instead of responding. They aren't able to enjoy their life learning to peel back that layer and get to the core of what really is the problem. And the coolest part is so many people hire me because they think I'm going to help them fix something on the outside. And I'm not. (laughs) Coaching is about working inside um, you because that's where the change takes place. That's where you get to shift your experience. And it is more than possible, you guys. Um, It's something I definitely believe I was meant to do. And I am on fire to get this work out to more moms. If you've listened to this whole podcast and you're like, yes, I need a coach in my life. I would love to be that for you. Maybe you have a whole community of support, but they just, they don't quite have the tools to be able to take you out of your story. And you're at this point where you're like, I love that they listen to me, but I need to move past this. I need to feel better. This is where coaching can be really powerful for you. Or maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I have no support. Like, I really don't know anybody that can hold space for the experiences that I've walked through. I can do that for you, do that for you. And it's such an honor for me to be able to hold space for the women that I meet. They are freaking amazing. And all I get to do is remind them of that. I get to hold space for their experience and hold their vision so tightly and with so much love until they're ready to let that vision lead the way. Okay, so that was coaching in a nutshell. I hope you learned something and I will see you guys next week.